Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today I'll be discussing soul groups and contracts. Soul groups play a crucial role in the development of souls throughout their existence. While each soul is unique and develops individually, it is also interconnected with the other members of its soul group and with its teacher in a living web of relationships that nurture and foster everyone involved. Soul groups are formed within moments of souls being created. Shared experiences, perceptions, opinions, emotions, expectations, and choices builds a bond so solid it carries on throughout eternity and can be recognized even through the power of the human body to make us forget. A soul group is like siblings who are also a group of best friends. They share everything, tease often, pick fights, disagree, revel in each other's successes, and share the joys and sorrows of life, all in a venue where communication is not just telepathic, but full immersion. They don't just see the tears, they feel the sorrow in its freshest state. One's smiles light up their being as well, and through it all is a deep and abiding love. Soul groups spend their time experiencing life. People who talk about soul groups focus on lessons learned or not yet completed like life is a constant school where everyone is studying and learning in an endless lecture but that's not the case. Learning via lecture and classroom is great for learning facts and theories, for plowing through material, but it's only one educational tool, and it's useful for its specific task. Play and experience and joy and adventure and creation are also tools for helping souls explore who they really are and what they can become. And having someone to share it with not only adds to the fun, but adds perspective, provides them with a reflection in which to see themselves and all around them in a different way. With soul groups, each individual has not just one special person to share this with, but 14 to 39 of them, all with their own perspectives to share as well. Part of experiencing life is also experiencing the other, coming to know others as well as the self, learning their skills, their tendencies, their likes, their failings, and blind spots, learning them. Empathy comes from experiencing their lives as part of the self. True love is being honest when honesty is most called for and most unwelcome. Soul groups play together, learn together, grow together, and work together for their own best and highest good, and for those they interact with. Their deep relationships grow ever more connected through living embodied lives together. Soul groups are a part of each reading I do for my clients, because I invite any soul group members that are home at the time of the reading to come and listen in. Clients are sometimes confused by this, thinking that these people are coming forward with messages for them. But this is not the case. Not all beings in the Akashics are able to communicate with embodied beings. 
It takes specific skills to be able to penetrate the physicality we live in and reach our minds or our hearts, which are busy almost 24-7. Most souls haven't learned nor do they need these skills, which means soul group members don't have direct access with their siblings once the embodied life begins. During a reading, I provide a bridge through the reading process so they can see and hear and be in contact again with their loved one, so they come to listen. I find it important to talk about soul groups for another reason, and that is the notion of soulmates. It's a concept that has been a very large influence on the thoughts of people in the Western world that is out of sync with the reality of life. Not everyone has a soulmate, and I highly recommend not taking that route to find a happy and healthy relationship for your life. Setting up embodied lives with a soulmate component is like throwing two darts towards each other from several thousand miles away and hoping that they hit each other in the middle. Everything can and will interfere with their reaching that goal, and if they do manage to reach it, they are so banged up and traumatized, and it has taken so long that the rewards, while emotionally fantastic, are limited and of short duration. It's not that I haven't seen these situations work out. I have. But for the most part, soulmates is not a concept that's in play in people's lives. But we do tend to look for them, and therefore confuse the meeting of a soul group member with meeting a soulmate. We recognize people from our soul group because we have known them intimately since our creation. We recognize them no matter what body they're in, or under what circumstances we meet them. And the relationship we have with them is usually deep because they get us. And everyone likes that feeling and longs for it because we remember it from being at home. But that confusion between soulmates and soul group member can lead to emotional and logistical issues if we're not careful. Being a soulmate is a role that souls may choose to play for each other in an embodied life. In some cases, soul group members choose to work together as married couples in an embodied life for a variety of reasons. It may be that they have similar lessons to learn or goals to meet, that they work better as a team than independently, or that they are in agreement to provide lessons for each other that support their personal goals as well as creating a family environment, positive or negative, that supports the needs of souls embodying as their children or grandchildren. However, while it's a romantic notion to think that one person can be all things to another person, and that that one person is a perfect match, and only they can provide the other happiness, it just isn't the case. For each of us, there are many options for intimate relationships of any nature we choose, including marriage. And while one or another may work better to meet our personal and professional and even soul and or service goals, all are good choices and provide us a wide field of growth opportunities as well as happiness. So not finding a soulmate doesn't mean you can't have partnership, love, joy, and happiness. And having a soulmate doesn't necessarily guarantee that you will. All relationships take effort and are full of choices, options, and opportunities. In physical life, contracts are structured formal ties between people or entities. 
They're that way because we humans are full of free will, limited in our ability to see far into the cause and effect future that will come from our decisions now, and fluid in our decision-making process so our minds change constantly. Contracts seek to create and maintain order in this apparent chaos and to control behavior. And if they worked well, then we wouldn't need lawyers. See how that's working out for us so far? Anyway, contracts in the Akashics are fluid and ever-changing to incorporate our free will and allow for choices, changes, and ongoing growth. One of the keys to understanding contracts in the Akashics is to get rid of the notion that every relationship, every contact, every moment of our interaction with another being is for a reason, or preordained, or meant to be. These notions can bridge the gap for us between cause and effect that we can't see because of their complexity, but they can be limiting because they ignore the fact that we have free will. If some power greater than us is directing our lives, then why are we here? What's the point of puppets on a stage other than for the amusement of some higher being? I found no evidence of this, and so I throw the notion out. Contracts are fluid because of free will. Each of us puts a great amount of effort into pre-planning the life we will lead here because of free will. Because the minute we're born, we begin the necessary forgetting process that allows us to see time as linear, that allows us to condense our nature into a single form that feels separate from others, and helps us to experience life in an immediate way we cannot do otherwise. Because of the forgetting, and due to free will, our lives almost never follow the script as written, which is why we write the script as a choose-your-own-adventure story. We know we'll go in various paths depending on events influenced by our and others' free will. So we don't make just one agreement with one person to act in one kind of role for ourselves, but instead contract with many, hoping we'll meet with one of them at the appointed time. And we can't foresee who we will be, what choices we'll make in the moment, or who they will have become by the time we get there. So most contracts will never be acted upon, and those that are will be updated, amended, altered, and or foreshortened as necessary once they've begun. Which is something to consider when working with the Akashics. A. A contract won't tell you what is going to happen, only the plans that each party has made with caveats and addendums for circumstances. B. You can consciously choose to extend or end your side of a contract at any time. Need a relationship to end? Sign the contract and it's ended. The connection between you two will start dissolving organically from that point on. Want a relationship to continue? Write that into the contract. Just remember, free will applies and everyone has it. You can't control other people or their choices. All you control is yourself. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll look at what it means to be a white lighter or for a soul to live a life of service. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.